Hi, this is Kimberly Chalmers, and welcome to the Be Well and Be You podcast, where I talk about everything to do with health, wellness, and well-being so that we can ultimately live our very best life. And today's episode is all about transitions. And if you want a written version of a small portion of this, you're welcome to go to my blog at KimberlyChalmers.com, where it will be titled, Got a Bumpy Area of Your Life Right Now? Here's how to make it a lot smoother. So one of the key elements to life that we don't often talk about are transitions. Let me tell you something very loudly. If you get this figured out, you will have a much simpler go of things. Life is full of transitions. There's the transition from one developmental stage to the next, from conception to birth through until death. There are transitions from one career to another. There's transitions from the home to the car to the store to the home again. There's transitions from new relationships, you know, those like fun, you can barely eat, you're so excited, into the more longer term relationships where you do get more relaxed and more comfortable, right? So there's all sorts of transitions in relationships. Seasons bring about their own transitions such as green leaves turning into colored leaves and then into fallen leaves. We face transitions daily, sometimes minute by minute, and for our entire life. Now, transitions can be painful and challenging, such as moving from married to separated to divorced. Transitions can be fun and exhilarating, such as going from living in mom and dad's home to living with roommates at college. Transitions can can be... Um, short, such as moving from sleep to waking and getting ready for the day, and they can be long, such as an aging parent whose health is declining over time. And and this obviously is a transition for the whole family who watches as their loved one moves from one way of being into another way of being. And of course, it's a transition for the person whose health is declining. Some people deal with long transitions, especially uh, like deal really well with long transitions, especially if there's lots of time to prepare and make adjustments along the way. Some people deal really well with short, spontaneous transitions where they're forced to quickly find solutions and adapt, whereas others, you know, they might have a difficult time with any sort of big change. Therefore, they might find themselves in total resistance and protest over the changes and transitions. So this is really important to recognize, especially when you and those around you are going through transitions. Everyone is going to deal with it differently. One of the biggest lessons for me with transitions was when my children went from living in one home with two parents who were together to two homes with one parent in each home. And they would spend one week with their dad and one week with with me. And then, you know, initially we did our transition from one home to the other on Sundays. And it felt like a good idea at the time to start the, you know, sort of start the school week off together. Well, that didn't last long. Sundays were hella challenging. Not only did the kids have their Sunday, you know, totally interrupted um, in going from one house to the next house, But it was also a rather fast paced evening of making dinner together, preparing the lunches for the next day. And then you haven't finished your homework. What do you mean you haven't finished your homework? Right. Like it was just this like I became the nagging mother and I was getting after them for not doing their homework already and then reminding them to make their lunches. And it just 
It was not a relaxing situation. So a friend told me that he and his children's mother had exchanged their children on Fridays. So whichever parent's week was beginning, they would pick the children up from school and therefore start their time together on a weekend. We tried it and it made a huge difference. No more struggle to get the kids in go mode for school and no more frustration for any of us. So when we started switching homes on the Fridays, I began paying really close attention to how my children responded to the transition from moving from their father's house to my house. And what I discovered was that one of my children found transition days particularly challenging. And so I really learned very quickly not to plan anything, plan no activities outside of the home on Fridays. We didn't invite people in, we didn't go out. Those nights became reserved for relaxing dinners and movies, and it really became a lovely way to start our time together. And I share this story because we all have transitions and deal with them in our own unique ways. And often, if something isn't working, a small shift can make a huge difference for everyone involved. And if you're finding yourself struggling with a transition of any sort, you know, from how you wake in the morning to the transition of arriving home after work to a full house of people, I want you to just try this really simple three-step process to enhance the experience of your transitions. So the first thing to do is to look at the whole situation. So looking at the environment, so that's, you know, your location, the spaces, the objects, the noises, the smells, the fabrics. I mean, just really look at the entire environment. Look at the people. Look at your routines. What kinds of things do you already have in place? Maybe there's something in there that's not really working well. Look at the expectations that are upon you or on others. Look at the responsibilities. So really you want to evaluate What piece is not working? What part of this whole thing is just not jibing right now? So in my example with the transition day for my children, what wasn't working was the routine of Sundays. And what wasn't working was the expectation of getting busy and down to work as soon as the children came home from their fathers. So this, you know, became very obvious that something needed to change, right? Okay, so number one, look at the whole situation. Number two, what could you switch, tweak, tailor, customize, rearrange, reorder, eliminate, like totally stop, totally get rid of, or add to shift the experience of the transition? So in our example, we switched days of the week. And then we added movies to the experience and we eliminated any outside events or activities on that day. Number three, so we got number one, look at the whole situation. Number two, what could you just make an adjustment to? And number three, continue to evaluate along the way. So are there shifts you've made um, that are having a positive impact on your transition experience? Are others being positively impacted by the changes or are people having some resistance to the changes? So at first, my children were very resistant. They did not want to change from Sundays. They had already experienced multiple transitions in the span of six months and now they were all of a sudden expected to make yet another change, another transition. And one of my children in particular has a lot of struggle with any sort of change that they haven't chosen for themselves. 
anyone else feel this way? <laughs> right? Many of us do, right? I didn't choose this. So I don't want I'm I'm going to put the brakes on. I'm not going to uh, go along with this. So I needed to be really clear with the benefits of this additional change to the routine so that my children could essentially buy into the idea. And that took some time, but I really did my best to make Friday nights a super fun family time and very quickly they adapted. You know, kids are more resilient than we than we would imagine. We are more resilient, right? Um, so wanted to just share with you a few more transition examples that you can see how we apply this really simple three-step process. So let's take the example of children who are going to activities after school and home for dinner and all of that, right? So if you are a parent, if you're not a parent, I've got a, a, an idea for you as well. But if you are a parent, you know well this whole chaotic situation, right? So let's look at the whole situation. So let's imagine uh, in this situation, you end up with cranky kids on the drive home from an activity. So you've picked them up from school, you've taken them to an activity, you're driving home and they are miserable. And you're, you know, you've been frantic to get them to their place on time. Maybe you've been giving off negative energy the whole time and you're expecting them to be calm when you're not calm, right? So there could be all manner of different dynamics that are going on. So we want to really look at the fact that they've had to go from a transition from school to the car, to the activity, to home, to dinner, to bed. So there's several transitions along the way there. So when you look at the whole situation, you can start to see, okay, their mood started to shift. Maybe their mood started to shift as they approached the activity, or maybe it was right after the activity. So you can be thinking about things like, well, maybe they're low blood sugar, right? So being preemptive and having a snack ready and water before the activity so that they aren't hungry afterwards might make a shift in their behavior following an activity. Perhaps they need some quiet time before dinner because they've just been in go, go, go and had so much stimulation all day. So perhaps having a book or activity or something they can just do quietly while they're waiting for dinner to be prepared, for example. Um, if you're finding that every day is hurried, you might actually want to eliminate one or more activities. So the same goes for the single person with no kids who has tons on their plate, right? They, there might be a situation where you're feeling panicked and rushed all the time. You're going from this important activity to this important event and this information meeting and whatnot. What could you drop and say no to that's going to bring about more harmony? Or what could you do to nourish yourself so that you have really good energy throughout the day? So really being able to take a look at the whole situation and then look at what you can make as changes. And then the third step, which is continuing to evaluate if your transition strategies are working. So uh, for the kids, are you bringing snacks that are high in fiber and protein that are sustaining for your child? And, uh, or are the snacks just not enough to satisfy them? Um, did you drop enough activities or do you maybe need to drop another? So again, really looking at, you know, kind of getting that satellite perspective, stepping back from it. Is this working? What could I shift? What could I, what could I change? 
Okay, let's look at another situation here. The transition from sleep to waking up in the morning. So if you're looking at the whole situation, let's say you really struggle with hitting that snooze button and you just constantly hit the snooze, hit the snooze, hit the snooze. And then you're finding, oh my gosh, I wake up so groggy. Look at your morning routine. Are you are you looking forward to what you get to do in the morning? What isn't working for you? If you're super tired, what could that be from, right? So, you know, looking at, do I need to do something differently in the evening? Do I need to set up something differently in the morning? So what if you did something like tweaking your thoughts around it? What if you believe that waking was exciting because you get to start a fresh day? Would a shift in your attitude make a difference to your transition from sleeping to waking? What if you switched your routine from hitting snooze to turning on some jazz music and diffusing some essential oils to lift your spirits? How about telling yourself before you go to bed that you're going to wake up just before your alarm goes off and that you're going to wake up well rested? You'd be surprised what you can tell your subconscious to do. I mean, really, what did people do before alarm clocks? Somehow they made it to work on time, right? So it is possible. It's amazing what we can tell our minds to do. So you could eliminate the news before bed as this is literally running through the subconscious all night and can absolutely impact how you transition from sleeping to waking. And so that third step of evaluating, so evaluating your waking transition. So how is this working for you? Are you finding that the jazz just sucks in the morning and you prefer Beyonce or some show tunes to just totally get you up and get you going. So keep evaluating until you find a rhythm that works really well for you so that you can make that really beautiful transition as opposed to a startled, jarred, sleepy, exhausted transition. The other thing too about sleep, do a little reading on sleep. A lot of people have issues with it. There's things like eliminate all blue lights in your space. Blue lights constantly give off um, a message to our receptors in our our light receptors in our skin that tells our skin that it's time to get up. So we may not have as well as deep a sleep if we've got things like blue lights happen in our room. If you've got your alarm clock with blue light, just a little cloth over it or turn it around, if, you know, away from you so that you don't actually um, have that going all day uh, or all the evening. The other thing to do is unplug electronics, anything that's giving off Wi-Fi signals, either move it to another part of the room or get it out of the room. There's lots of different things that you can do to allow your body to actually get into a really nice deep sleep so that when you do transition into that wake in the morning time, your body has been well rested. And so it does make that a little bit easier. So there's a book called The Healthy Home by Dr. Wentz. And that's a brilliant book. If you want, uh, if you're having troubles accessing it, let me know. And I would be happy to find a way to get that to you. It's a beautiful, beautiful book and has tons of great ideas. Okay, another example, and this one is about transitions in our development. As humans, we evolve on a daily basis. We see this evidenced super obviously as a, let's say, a little seven-pound newborn baby transitions from not smiling to smiling to rolling to crawling to walking and talking and then talking back and further into adolescence, you know, into teenagerhood and then young adulthood and then 
being an adult and then transitioning into midlife and then transitioning into seniorhood and then well-seasoned, right? So every single one of us, every single human being transitions from one stage to the next. And sometimes this is done gracefully and sometimes with great difficulty. Sometimes the signs of an upcoming transition are easily recognizable, such as every time one of my four babies had a growth spurt, they would fall more, bump into things, they'd be bruised from head to toe. And each time, this was a signal to me that they were about to grow. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Each growth spurt, while bumpy and painful, was a necessary transition for their development. So my solution was to do my best to have soft pads on sharp table corners and I would be there to console my kid every time they had a particularly painful fall. And I also explained to them why they were falling and bumping more so that they could be excited about what was happening to their body instead of being frustrated. Well, as adults, we don't necessarily recognize the telltale signs that we're in transition. It's not as simple as temporarily falling more, right? Wouldn't it be so lovely? The fact is that we continue to evolve our mind, our brain, our bodies, our spirit, our hormones, our relationships, our experiences, and so on. And we experience endless transitions as a result. So how we identify them and navigate through them will directly impact our experience of life and impact those around us. For example, I've been in the transition of life called perimenopause. This may seem like TMI, too much information for some of you, but bear with me a moment because what I have to share could save your life. Well, maybe not save your life, but it might save your loved ones. I found myself being more grouchy and reacting more strongly to situations that I ordinarily wouldn't. I found myself more forgetful, more emotional, and there were other symptoms too. And, you know, one day I was like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? And I went on a search to find out what was I experiencing. And it turned out my symptoms aligned with perimenopausal symptoms. So in looking at the whole situation, I saw that what wasn't working for me or anyone else was my poor memory. I was forgetting appointments and details of, of stories that my kids had shared with me. And oh my gosh, everybody was going crazy. And I noticed that I was making others feel uncomfortable with my snappy responses. And I could see that I wasn't feeling, you know, I just wasn't really that happy, which was, just felt weird for me. So once I was able to actually see what was going on here, once I was able to identify the issue, I was able to support myself with herbs for my memory, which after three weeks did the trick and message me if anyone in your life is going through this and would like more info on what I use because yeah, feels good to have my memory back and would love to help others with that. And, uh, and then I was able to communicate and share with my loved ones what was going on for me so that they could have more understanding too. And of course, then they could tease me more. Um, but that was really important, right? Is to step back, look at what's not working, and then start to come up with some solutions. I also read the book, The Wisdom of Menopause by the esteemed Dr. Christian Northrup. Oh my gosh, read anything she's written, follow her. She's amazing. And in this book, she expresses that women go through a stage much like the transition for teenagers into adulthood. So we recognize that teenage transition. We accept the ups and downs and the joys and the pains of it. And often as an adult, when we're in a transition, 
we feel like shame or guilt for not being like our usual self. And we may find that others are upset with our shifts in our behavior or our ideas. And if we look at a developmental transition like a caterpillar into a butterfly, where it's this incredible journey into the creature it's meant to be, then we don't really have to have as much angst over it. We can actually embrace it and find ways to express our needs and our desires. And we can look for opportunities to spread our wings, right? Versus keeping them stuffed in this cocoon. So in an adult life transition, look, looking at the whole situation, seeing what's working, seeing what's needing a shift or a tweak or an adjustment or whatever, and then continuing to evaluate what's working and what's not will totally help you navigate through the transition, as well as help your loved ones, right? And being honest about where you're at is an important part of any transition. Honest with yourself and honest with your loved ones. Sometimes those closest to us have the toughest time with our transitions, and that's okay. Really, it's okay. We don't need to make them okay with our transition, right? It's going to be their own process as well. And we need to respect that our transition also becomes a transition for them. So giving yourself and them lots of grace on the journey is essential. This is not about getting it right. It's about being in the process and finding solutions for the bumps, you know, to transition into understanding and solutions and possibilities. So I would love to hear your stories of how you were able to turn around a challenging transition in your life. Please feel free to comment on my blog at KimberlyChalmers.com. I love hearing from you. And if there's anything in here that has stuck for you, that's sticky and really resonates for you, I would just so appreciate that. This life is meant to be lived together in community and we all learn and grow from each other. These ideas I've shared today are not brand new ideas, right? These are ideas that I have gleaned from the wise elders and authors and mentors and beautiful people in my world too. So this is about sharing our journey, sharing the things that are working for us. If you think there's anything here that I have shared today that resonates or perhaps might resonate with someone else, please feel free to share this podcast. This really is about all of us figuring out this wacky life and figuring out the best way forward for each of us so that we can continue to step into our most authentic self. So thank you so much for joining me today. Make it a beautiful, brilliant day. And as always, be well and be you.